Hello, hey, and welcome to Ask the Color Expert. My name is Elaine Travis. I am a career hair colorist, independent educator, and author of the book, A Colorful Journey. I'm here every week sharing tips, tricks, and stories that are all things hair color. Thanks for joining me, and let's get started. Hello, and welcome back to the Ask the Color Expert podcast. Today's special guest is Lisa Wenger. She is a hair loss specialist, and I'm so excited to chat with her because I think this is a topic that is not discussed enough in our industry, and especially right now post-COVID is something that we all need to find out a little bit more about. We all have clients that are in an absolute panic having had COVID and having this be a side effect that nobody was expecting and everyone is really upset about. So thank you, Lisa, for being here and bringing us this information that is so needed in the industry. Welcome. Well, it's a privilege to be here. Thank you so much for asking me to join you today. Um, As she mentioned, my name is Lisa Wenger. I'm the owner of the Healing Haven of Wisconsin. I specialize in really recreating identity head to toe for a lot of people after a diagnosis. Um, I've been a hairdresser for over 30 years. And um, when I went into trichology, I really wanted to understand systemically about what was happening to people. Um, Fast forward many years, uh, you know, as we're facing a pandemic, it really um, was helpful to know a lot of that or have that background to be able to answer a lot of questions, not just with um, my own clients and patients that I work with, but also a lot of local community, the doctors and specialists here as well. Um, yes, I'm, I'm sure a lot of you are starting to see this, what looks like a shed from a, lion, a lot of the clientele and you're wondering why, and they're coming to you as a specialist, tell me, help me, what most, you know, lotions, potions can I use to stop this? And it can be quite overwhelming for people, um, not to mention, you know, emotionally, depression, anxiety, all those ugly things creep in with hair loss. It's a, it's a huge deal. What we're finding in studies though, is with post COVID, um, those that may be, and I'm going to say this carefully because everyone has their own opinion on it. Um, but with vaccines, we are seeing a response. It's, it's something called TE or telogen effluvium. And that is where, you know, the different stages of hair growth and hair loss, it's antigen, catagen, the telogen phase is where the hair starts to, it should be at rest for about, I would say five, six weeks. Um, But in that time, what we're seeing with this TE or the shed is it's starting to really um, loosen and go a lot faster than it is regrowing. And so people start to panic. Um, And that typically you're going to see it three months after whatever the trigger is. Telogen effluvium has a stressor or a trigger that is going to produce TE. Um, again, in normal situations, TE is, is you go through it, it. That's the resting phase. It's when we get the most growth um, and then it turn, returns to that antigen, but it's kind of stuck in that zone. Um, but the best thing that you can explain to customers is that um, or your clientele is that it will return back to normal for most cases, more, most situations, but it is a cycle. It is part of sometimes this three to six month wait is really hard. And if they have another trigger that can trigger another form of TE, it is even more stressful because as we have all heard, stress can cause it as well. So it's, it's really a very difficult thing to pinpoint and to also treat 
Um, Elaine, I don't I've know. I've been hearing, I've been hearing a lot about it from people who've had COVID. And because like you said, it's three months later, they're like, what the heck is going on? Why am I shedding so much all of a sudden? And they're not making that connection, but I've seen it in different articles and different posts on Facebook. So I knew that it had something to do with COVID. Um, I've been talking, I just talked to a friend of mine who ironically does hair replacement. She's the only other person that I know that does, you know, specializes in that field. And she sounded real froggy like me. And I said, what's going on with your voice? Do you sound like me? She's like, oh, she's like, I had long COVID. And I was like, oh, I've been hearing some of that. And she said, I still am not right. And it's been six months. And she said, you know, my hair is shut. She said, now I know what it feels like for all of my clients who have had cancer, who've had, you know, hair loss from COVID. Now I know what they've been experiencing firsthand with having that traumatic experience. It's, it's, it is, it's, it, it affects each person a little differently. Um, systemically, we're all different. We, our own genetics, um, the influence from environmental, what we eat, all of these things play a huge part in um, just our overall health. And we see it in the hair, we see it in the skin, the nails. I know there's uh, now some epigenetic testing that you can do. There's a lot of different types of tests that you can actually look systemically at your body to see what's going on. If there's anything that's underlying, you have a little more control over that of creating or having um, a path that you can go into to understand your system better. You can't compare yourself to the next person who's had COVID because your systems, we react, our own um, fighter cells react differently than the next person. So with COVID, we're seeing this exaggerated in our immune system, this huge response, but it's an inflammatory response. So it inflames the body. So we see a lot of different areas, whether you have um, any form of an alopecia autoimmune or something like that, you're going to see a magnified response in that area. I'm seeing all ages with TE right now, but you could have somebody else who has arthritis or they, you know, which is do, still to an autoimmune, um, an inflammatory response, but but um, you're, you're going to see a lot of different reactions um, that you personally aren't having, but it's almost an exaggeration of that underlying situation that they're dealing with. They may never have known what they had. So what, how can we help our clients? Because I know pre-COVID, um, I've had several really close clients and family members go through cancer, reach out to me. You always want to reach out to your hairstylist first in what do I do? Where do I go? And I always felt so helpless that I didn't really understand that market. I didn't sell wigs. I didn't get involved in any of that. And I remember my aunt, um, I think through her oncologist probably got a brochure in the office of someone who did hair replacement. And I remember her saying, can you come over and wash it for me and help me style it and everything? So I'm trying to do everything to this hair piece that I would, assuming it's human hair and it wasn't human hair. So like, I felt completely out of my element. You know, I had been doing hair for 25 years when this happened. And I was like, I should know more about this. I should know how to help her better. And to my knowledge, it's still kind of like that thing that nobody really talks about. You don't see it at the hair shows. You don't see a lot of offers for education. How did you get into that part of the industry? And how did you even know where to go to even be able to help these people? Sure. Thank you for asking that. Um, IAT is where I went for trichology. It's um, in Australia, but uh, David Salinger is the instructor. He's fantastic. I highly recommend that. 
um, going through that. And that's about a year, year and a half. It can be two Did you go to Australia for that? I wish I could say I did. I did not. And um, so I did it online and I loved it. And it's, but the thing is, is it's constant education, which I think I shouldn't say most, but many of us are that way hungry for more knowledge to be better in what we do. Um, I think we should never settle. But um, I think knowing that systemic information is really important. Those may have been like the science and and chemistry area that some of us may have fallen asleep with. uh, (laughs) But I believe that keep searching for education with trichology just because you are the specialist. They don't, I didn't get taught this. There's so much, even when I went through school and I'm a third generation um, hair replacement you know, I oh, didn't realize my dad had done it, which is a funny thing. Um, he had helped my grandmother out, but, but, you know, and I, at way back when um, I was going to go to, I could have gone to any of the schools and she said, you are, my grandmother said, you are not, you are going to go um, to, through the apprenticeship program and learn from seasoned professionals. And even through that, I wish I could say it was perfect. And I, oh, I got all this information. And my experience wasn't that, but I learned quickly of how to go get my own education. So if I can stress to all of you is to please never stop learning. I mean, it is always ever changing. And we've talked about, and I think Elaine in, in boot camp, I think you had mentioned you, you had another guest um, not so long ago on that, a gentleman that was talking about gorilla hairdressing. And I love all of those tidbit, tidbits of information. And we as an industry should be sharing more of this. But back to your question, because I can go in so many different areas, but <laughs> with COVID and how best can I help my customers and what or patients or clientele that I would recommend to you is get yourself educated on all the different forms of hair loss. And I think that's huge. And if you can do a self-paced program and do it at your own timing. It is worth every dime um, in that because you you can then advise. You might not love the science area. You'll get through it, I promise you. If I could get through a lot of that, you can get through it too. Um, but then you're able to create or customize even a, a nice program for them. Um, there's only two things that are, that are going to regrow hair. It's finasteride or minoxidil. And minoxidil is it only works on 40% of people and they will lose their hair in the beginning and then you're on it lifelong. Finasteride too doesn't work for everybody, but it's pinpointing what some of these triggers can be to help them through and then creating a therapy program for them. Red light therapy doesn't, some of you have heard that may work for some with TE, doesn't work for everyone. Um, So it's really educating systemically. And again, you don't have to be a nutritionist, but getting kind of your basics of an understanding of how hair is affected by what we eat, our environment, what we're like skincare, the hair care product for our scalps um, is just as important. One tidbit of information too that I tell them is rosemary, which some of you may have heard of rosemary oil, um, rosemary extract, and you can even get the plant and create a tea and you can drink that daily. Um, It doesn't have to be a certain amount of grams that you're soaking under a full moon. It doesn't have to be like this (laughs) potion. You can actually get a rosemary tea. You can add essential oils to the shampoo, um, but rosemary actually will help just as much as minoxidil. So do your research on that without- That's a great tip. Yeah, I wasn't aware of that. So for Mm -hmm. male, male pattern baldness, for the guy who hits that, you know, age in their 20s where all of a sudden things start tapping out. Is that something that you think could have been prevented with diet and lifestyle? Or do you think it's like an inherited? I always heard it was mom's dad. 
Like it was their mother's father's side. If the, if, the, if your grandpa on that side's bald, you're screwed. That's what I've heard, but I don't know how, how true that is. You know, and with genetics, we've always heard that. I, I know I had been taught that early on and it's actually not um, your mother's father. So your grandfather's problem or is the fault. It actually can be anywhere in the genetics that you will see hair loss. So it can be a couple generations back that you didn't even mm. know it was an alopecia or for a gentleman, um, it's the DHT. So it's testosterone. So with women, we too have testosterone in our bodies, but we have different levels. And as we start to go through menopause too, do we not all feel that? Like all of a sudden you'll see my face all the turn beat red and I'll start sweating bullets. And, and I'm like, oh, is it hot in here? No, it's like 60 degrees, but I'm, I'm so hot. <laughs> all of these things have an impact on us. But for men, um, the DHT, we would need a blocker. But for women too, you would look for something with a DHT blocker in it, which can be creams and gels. You can get that, but also there are side effects to all of it. So my first recommendation is make sure that they go see a doctor. It could be um, their general. It could be a dermatologist. It can be... Um, you know, there's so many different specialists that, that really we, we can send to for, for hair loss. Um, trick is another thing, trichotillomania. And I, that's, I, I wanted to bring this up because I thought if I have, you know, someone that's out there that can, if they take anything away, trick is a big one. That's where, um, trichotillomania is, is a BFRB, a body repetitive, uh, body focused repetitive disorder. It is not an OCD behavior, but it's nail biting. It is skin picking. It is hair pulling. Um, and there's a lot of shame many times with, with our clients. Um, I have someone in my family who has it. Um, and it's not just as simple as a, um, stop doing that. Uh, a lot of times they won't. Is it when they twirl and pull and they pull the hair out? Yeah. You'll see it in eyebrows, eyelashes. You'll see it hair legs with men. I'll see it in beards, patchy beards. Um, but the hair legs, you know, hair on the legs it can, it can happen, but please treat them with grace and understanding. Cause you know, there's so many things that can cause hair loss. And if you're seeing them, they're coming to you as a specialist. And I pray that you have grace for them because it's something that we should be able to help people with and help get resources, which quickly, I will also kind of talk about what you can do for whether it is trick, alopecia, TE, you know, even a gentleman or a young child is hair replacement um, for any of these. If you don't understand enough of the biochemistry or, or the hereditary, or you're not sure how to advise, um, there is, there are options, a lot of options out there for hair replacement, whether it's toppers, partials, even alopecia areata, we can create little um, pieces, little templates we can create, patches that you can put on, they can swim in, they can do different things and you can color customize um, full systems as well. So I am inundated right now with hair loss from TE, from COVID, but it's a lot of other things that I see as well. But I will tell you, they are seamless. They are beautiful. And I call them hair systems because wigs are wigs. That's great. But I always think of something on Amazon or something that, you know, if you're going to do something. Raquel Welsh. The Raquel Welsh. I mean, those are beautiful. I'm not saying that that um, those are bad things, but there are some that you're like, oh yeah, that is a wig for sure. (laughs) Mm. Um, Have you thought about teaching? Because honestly, when I tell you, Lisa, I have had such a hard time getting any education about any of this. Like, you know, I had a client who maybe two years ago, she came in to get her hair done. She said, I just got diagnosed. I'm going through chemo. Can you please help me? I took her to this place in the mall. Like I had no idea where to take her for a wig. And we, we got it as close to her natural as possible. I made sure it was human hair and good quality, but 
I really felt out of my element. And I'm like, I've been doing this for 30 years. I should know more about this. I should be able to help her. I should be able to have her just come to the salon and do this. We shouldn't be in a mall at one of those mall hair, hair wig places, you know, not as professionals, not with all the time you have taken, um, to really understand your trade and you don't have to have like the depth, but definitely the breadth of it. Right. Um, and yes, I have taught before I do teach on the side. Yes. Besides running my business, I do teach people can come to, to see me. You can contact me, um, at any point at healing Haven of Wisconsin, but it's abbreviated of WI dot um, com. Um, you can go to Facebook. You can look up Healing Haven of Wisconsin. You can call me and Elaine, I don't know. Do you want me to put the phone number up or not? But um, yeah, you can, you're welcome to do that. I mean, some people are going to be mm-hmm. people listening are either on a treadmill driving in their car <laughs> or doing other yeah. things. So I can always add it to the show notes. That but, would be great. That would be yeah, great. If it's so something it's, easy to remember, you know, yeah, it's, it's, I'll just quickly say it, but it's Healing Haven of Wisconsin. You can reach out. I'm Lisa Wenger. Um, ask me anything. I love educating. I love talking to people. I love helping recreate identity, um, with it, which is you know unique to each person. So if you have a question at all, please feel free to reach out anytime. Um, you can contact me. I'll give you my number. And Elaine, you can take this down. It's 414-333-4128. But again, you can find me also on Instagram and most social media platforms by Healing Haven of Wisconsin. Yeah, I think if you had an, an in-person event, with, people would come from all over the country to learn that because did you see that Malibu just came up with that scope where they're actually looking at people's scalps? How many of us have ever even looked under any scope? Like you, pro- do you have a trichology scope? Is that what I you do? Use yep, your, I do yeah. a trichoscope. And so we can look a little bit. It, it, it actually is quite magnified with what I'm doing. Um, that can go uh, uh, subdermally to a degree. I'll say that to a degree, but most of it is... Uh, on the surface, you can see the cells, you can see a lot of, it's just fascinating. To me, it's amazing. Um, and I think you can, you definitely can get those inexpensively, but I think understanding what it, what you're looking at, what you're looking at, because I, I went to an event where they did, it was a Japanese company and they had one of those scopes and I had never seen that before. And, you know, we're in the audience and they put it on somebody's scalp and it had all the, like, it looks uh-huh, like Crisco on there know. and the things poking out of it. And we were like, Oh, and then of course, as soon as they shampooed it with their products, all of a sudden it was squeaky clean and beautiful. And I'm like, you know, I'm pretty sure this was like a very cool moment, but I'm pretty sure it's just dirty hair, clean hair. Like it, it wasn't as big of a deal as they made it into That me. is true. It can look like a scary monster. And then you go to yeah. shampoo and you're getting all the dead skin cells off. You are removing this, you know, the sebum. Um, but I think understanding just a basic level of knowledge. And even if you get it on, again, I say Amazon, I shouldn't say that all the time, but I do because you can get almost anything on there, but getting a little scope that you can afford to, but then understanding what you're seeing. So your client doesn't panic, but it does bring you to the next level. Now, when I'm doing trichology, yes, when I graduate, I got this lab coat and all it looks all very professional, but I want to make sure that it's not so clinical that they're not understanding what I'm talking about, Yeah, that it's in layman's terms and that you're not scaring the bejesus out of them. And also trying to sell so much potion, lotion and creams that may not work. I want to make sure that your name you know, is, is more important than that mighty dollar. Yes. I know that the, the dollars will come, but it's your name, um, and your branding of no matter what you're doing, you're investing in something, you better be able to back it up with the information though, too, as the professional. Now, speaking of the dollar, what is your average ticket 
with doing these type of services because I know my friend who does it, when I would hear her average ticket, I was like, why don't more people go into this industry? It blew me away. The amount of money people have to spend on these pieces and integrations and um, it can be all kinds of things. For sure. For sure. And again, it's just like our own tools in the trade. We can invest in um, software. We can invest in our tools. You know, do we need a $3,000 shear, uh, a blade made from who knows what? Of course, it may be fantastic, but you can also start from somewhere, starting from something that is affordable and then moving up. So a hair system. So my typical ticket that you were asking me usually is about $1,000 a person. That's amazing. Um, uh, so you can make a really great income with it. Hair replacement, not always. If you're pouring all your money into replacing all these systems, and let me tell you, they are not cheap. Exactly. To make a hair system, it's going to take me more than just a day to do that. If I'm hand tying, I'm ventilating, it's called every hand, you know, every little hair into that head, which I do, it's going to be a lot more expensive. So think of what your income is for the next two months, if it, depending on what it is. So you have to be confident enough to, to know your worth um, and that what you invest in is important. So stop listening to that little voice in your head when it's saying, oh my God, they're never going to pay that. Mm -hmm. They're never going to do that. And let me tell you, they will. And, and I, you know, I can't tell you what your budget is, right? I can't tell you what your budget is, but I think that, you know, you understanding all of the education that you have invested in is worth a lot, a lot more than you think. And people will pay it and you will get your following. Um, but it is, it is pretty expensive starting up with hair. It can be because of all the different styles, but start basic. And, um, I think that when you see your client's response, you end up having them for life, truly, because there's a trust level there um, as well with hair replacement of all forms. And I think it's the greatest, of course, thing that I can think of <laughs> for me. It's amazing. Like for me, I've been in the industry 36 years. I know a lot of people in the industry and you are now one of three people that I know that do this work. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. that's not a lot of people. And you see people on Facebook every day. I'm so slow. I don't have clients. How can I get more clients? And I'm like, find something like this that's completely unique and different. And you're not even going to have to think about how to get a client in your chair and to have an mm -hmm. average ticket of over a thousand dollars. Hello. Yes. No brainer, yes. but yes. to your point about you sitting there sewing and being so tedious, you have to have that kind of personality too. You know, you, you have to be, you, you know, into detailed work and. Well, true. And, but you don't always have to be the one that's, that's customizing it. You can, you can hire people to do that. You can send them out. You can have somebody do your custom pieces for you, um, which is brilliant, wonderful. And you can just keep creating because you're a designer and that's your thing. That's great. Um, but you can get stock systems, you know, in stock systems, if you're looking at a little topper, it can be, you know, $200 for that topper, but then you've got to You've got to be able to customize it, cut it in, whether it's synthetic, understanding the different fibers, deniers. I can talk for days on this. I love it so much, but, um, you know, it, it's fascinating. Um, but like I said, if anybody has any questions, reach out to me. I'm happy to talk to you um, and, and answer anything that you might have. But we are in the times right now that people are absolutely you know, overwhelmed with this hair loss situation. And I'm happy to dive in deeper anytime you want to, Elaine, um, with any of these topics, just let me know. I love that. I'm, I'm thinking right now about my godmother, her and I were really close and she had 
cancer, you know, initially I think it was breast cancer and she had treatment. She was in remission. Everything was great. And then it came back and was in her lungs. And I remember her choice of treatment to save her life was based on whether she would lose her hair or not. And I'll never forget that she has since passed. And I think had she not been so worried about losing her hair, would she still be alive? Like it was that important to her that she not lose her hair. She was devastated at the thought of being bald. So you're providing something that is so needed and so important to women's, you know, emotional state while they're going through these horrible treatments, just being able to feel pretty and feel as normal as possible while they're going through that is so, so amazing. And I, I really wish that there was more information earlier in my career. I would have liked to have gotten into more of that because just to see the emotional response of people, that's the first thing they say, you know, they, they get this diagnosis and it's, am I going to lose my hair is first, you know, it's not, am I going to vomit every day? Am I going to be sick for months? It's going to, it's always, am I going to lose my hair? And is it going to come back? You hit the nail on the head when you said normalcy, because when I talk to people and I need to say this very clearly, it's never about the hair. It really isn't. It's about normalcy because I would work with women that have had, you know, all forms of cancer, but um, even with breast prosthetics and, you know, it's easy enough to have a prosthetic, but with a hair, people are like, oh my God, that doesn't even look real. That all these mm -hmm. things, all these worries, but it's never about the hair. It's about normalcy, about blending in and not having people feel sorry for you. So not for a second, whether it is the, anyone that's listening to this, if you yourself have, have been diagnosed, it's, it's, you know, it's not about vanity, it's identity. Identity is unique to you, right? And he knows every hair on your head, right? When I, you know, I, I go back to, I'm not going to throw any um, biblical references down anyone's throat, but I will tell you, it's, you will have people that will surround you in these moments of mm -hmm. hair loss. It might be, um, you know, a genetic thing. It could be cancer. It could be all these different things, but, but your, your identity is unique to you. So don't for a minute, feel bad about that. And Aww, there's that's beautiful. Options. I just got the chills. What a but there's always options out there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's amazing. You're amazing. We need oh, to talk more. You. I could, I yeah. could make this a 14 hour podcast. <laughs> I have so many questions I can and I, all over the place. Yeah. And I know people listening, like I, you know, most people are listening to this. This is also available on video on YouTube, but most people listen, you know, in their car on the treadmill. Sure. So the whole time you're talking, I'm eyeing up that beach wave Bob behind you and, and loving how real and beautiful that looks and how anybody would love to support that. So yes. it's not your typical, you know, like I said, Raquel Welsh, wig off the rack that's you know 49.99 um you can tell that it's much higher quality so i would love for people to reach out to you and and learn more and we, we have to get a class we have to have you do a class I would love especially it. mentorship i would sure. love it i would love it and i want to thank you elaine because i found you if i could take a moment to say this because sure. i um I came across by happenstance, which I believe is not happenstance, but I was watching videos and I came across you and that's, and I had heard your podcast before and, and I thought, well, you know, even with the hair systems that I'm coloring to, because when you're coloring or cutting and we can do a whole segment on that, um, it's very different with this type very of very different. Yeah. But I will say, I still go back to Elaine and I, I listen to all of what, she, what I've learned from her too. And even going back in the old days from my grandmother of what I have learned through the generations and generations. Um, but it still is that basic information. So thank you, Elaine, for sharing your gifts of the knowledge and your constant hunger for education. 
please never stop and please never stop sharing. But anyone who is on the fence ever, definitely do it. Definitely invest in yourself, get educated with really quality and real good quality information. Mm -hmm. Thank you. I appreciate that. And thank you so much for spending time with me today. And thank you all of you listening for tuning in and we will see you on the next one. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Ask the Color Expert podcast. Please subscribe and be sure to leave a review. For more information on hair color education, please visit my website, www.expertcolorsolutions.com. See you soon.